Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. We are offering you a free trial. You can go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, sign up for that trial, and then check it out. Look around, uh, check out the audiobooks, but check out the other content as well. The Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to. And I think that is just a, a huge privilege and honor. And I am also aware that it's because of the guests. These are folks who have expertise in particular areas of business. They join me for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Today is no exception. My guest today is Annie Ruggles. Annie is the founder and dean of the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy where she's guided hundreds of people toward making deeper connections, lasting impressions, and friendlier, more lucrative transactions and conversations. Her crowning achievement is her ability to help coaches, healers, and other helpers sell their services without feeling slimy, queasy, or untrue to their ethics. Welcome to the podcast, Annie. Thank you so much, Diane. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I am delighted to have you here because I think you and I are, you know, probably sisters from another mister because we have yep. <laughs> Absolutely. I have such uh, a book crush on your book. I mean, I have a brain oh. crush on you. Don't feel left out. But I do have a major book crush. Uh, because it's like, you must think it was, it's you speaking. Well, yeah, it's like, oh, but it's the exciting kind, right? It could go one of two ways. Yeah. It's like, oh, she wrote my book. <laughs> or it's like, oh, I'm not the only person out here 
trying to tell people that selling isn't nasty until you make it nasty. Okay. <laughs> Great. Awesome. I'm not alone in this. And that's generally the route I take. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to have you here. It's like, oh my gosh, like another voice talking about this just, just helps people hear it and embrace it. And then it's all good. And that's what we desperately need. We need yeah. to destigmatize sales and the act yeah. and art of selling. And without that, we're going to continue to watch more major corporations disguised as small businesses, killing small businesses. And we're going to watch more heart-centered, you know, values-driven, I just want to help yeah. people, people fade away into a landscape where they can't hack it or think that they can't because their definition of selling is not true. Right. Right. Okay. So, so I, I, I want to dive into this because um, so many of, of the, you know, small business owners out there, and I think especially the, the heart centered ones avoid sales like the plague. Oh yeah. And right. It's like, there's no way I'm going to do that. Okay. Will you talk about what that sales avoidance is and how you would suggest that they get over that? Yes. So the sales avoidance shows up in one of two really key ways. The first one is keeping yourself in a hamster wheel of over-marketing and never actually asking. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting out social posts every day. I'm showing up. I'm talking about my stuff. I'm trying to get more visible. I'm trying to use social proof, but I'm never actually saying, hey, here's how you buy. Here's where you buy. Here's why you should buy. And here's the price in order to buy. That's the first form of sales avoidance is just straight up avoidance. The one that I see just as often as that, if not more, is when people are laying all of this gorgeous relationship building foundation with someone. And then when it comes time for them to receive in exchange for all that they have given, they almost actively self-sabotage and shoot themselves in the foot in myriad ways, in totally changing who they are and employing a tactic that is not in keeping with their values or ethics, in, you know, talking themselves out of the sale. I've heard that so many times, Diane. I'm sure you have too. But I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of calls where people literally will basically tell their clients not to hire them. <laughs> what? what? And I'm all for not having clients that are not the right clients for you. That's one of the main tenets of not selling sure. is like, if someone's not a client for me, I'm not going to take that money. That is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about when you have an incredible rapport, when someone has their wallet in hand, and then the seller decides to bring their anxiety, their bad feeling, their lack of confidence, their imposter syndrome, or any other combination of that casserole of nasty emotions onto the sales call where it has no place to be. And then the client who four seconds ago was so totally ready for the transformation that they're about to undergo 
that now they have second thoughts. Now they have new objections. Now they need time to think it over because the seller convinced them that maybe this was not their best interest. What? Okay. So I'm so glad you brought that up. That feels like it's a it's an unconscious thing that they're doing. Is is that fair? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to be extremely clear, although I'm going to be like picking on people in this segment and, and seeing some <laughs> stuff for dramatic effect. Like, number one, the reason I know so much about sales avoidance is I had to stamp it out of myself. Number one. So all of these sins, all of these misdemeanors, all of these crimes of selling, I have committed them all. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you had told me at the time in my business, Annie, you're sabotaging your success. You're not including yourself. You're going to burn yourself out. I would have fought you tooth and nail. I would have said, what are you even talking about? I am working so hard. I feel like I sell every day. I, it was so subconscious that I would have been offended. Mm. But when I actually looked at why the success was not happening not only for me, but for my clients, that was even clearer. I had these people I was working in marketing and branding. I had these incredible, talented, driven people coming to me. We were laying out red carpet marketing, gorgeous, cutting edge marketing and, and launches seemingly fell on deaf ears. And I thought, what the heck is going on here? And what I realized was marketing is not the same thing as selling. And if you avoid the sale, you shoot your marketing in the foot. Right. Like you shouldn't even bother doing marketing if you're not going to have sales attached to it. Exactly. Huh. It's extremely expensive. Yeah. On all currencies, it's time consuming. It's energetically draining. It causes, I mean, you have to summon up willpower to put yourself out there in that way. And it's expensive. Yeah. So, like, you're draining yourself in myriad ways if you're not going that final mile. That's what I literally equate it to with my clients all the time is if you trained for a marathon for years, years, and then you got within one mile of the finish line and thought, you know, this is good enough for me. I'm going to call it quits and go get a brunch. <laughs> That is the exact same thing that you do when you market with so much intention, when you put yourself out there with such ardent desire to help people, but then don't actually ask if they are willing for you to help them. Wow. This is, it's so true. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about asking for money in a way that feels good. Awesome. Okay. So awesome. I'm like, awesome. Yes. I'm like, yes, let's do it all day. Go for it. Give, give us some ideas because I think that's what <laughs> I think people are thinking. They're like, okay, I hear you, but it still feels uncomfortable. Okay. So this is going to be, and I say this on like shows all the time because I am a very effusively loud introvert. I am an introvert, but I am a loud one. 
And so I understand the irony of what I'm about to encourage people to do. But the first and best advice I can give you on a sales call when you're naming a price is after you say the price, there's a very important two-part process. Say the price, ask a question about how the price lands on the person you're talking to, and then here's the most critical kicker, Diane. People are going to want to write this down. Shut up! Shush! <laughs> Hush your beautiful, brilliant mouths. Shut Ugh. up! Because when I listen to all those sales calls, the number one point where insecurity and imposter syndrome and anxiety and all the stuff that I mentioned comes in, the place that shows up with a plum, it's like magnetized to you saying the price, right? And so what happens is I hear this all the time. Okay, so the price for that is $2,300. You know, but $2,300 is a lot of money. And I understand that we're in a global recession and, and, and not even a recession. I mean, we're we're in a, uh, what's the, the word, the, you know, the, the pandemic. We're in a pandemic and, and you're a really nice person and you're the referral of a referral. And I have a friends and family program. So you know what? You know what? You know what? Okay, hold on. I misspoke. It's not $2,300. I have a payment program or a payment plan. And by the time that I factor in your friends and family discount and your referral fee and the fact that you found me on Instagram. Okay, hold on. How about $300? Does that work for you? What? What? Don't do that. Say the price is 200 or the price is $2,300. How does that land on you? Or it's $2,300. Is that about what you were planning to invest? Or any other question that puts it back on them and then shush up and let them think. You cannot make a decision when someone is squawking at you. I love that. I so appreciate it. And I think people need to realize that when they go through that whole thing, what they're really doing is saying to the prospect, what I'm offering you isn't worth even $300. Right? And and all that confidence right? that you had up to that point, yeah. like, okay, guess you were putting up some bravado, babe, if you're not going to commit to your price point. And I am all for accessible pricing. I am a high priestess of the church of low ticket. I love it. I don't have a problem with high ticket, but it's not the only way to sell. So it's not that I'm only an advocate for charging things that are not accessible. That is absolutely untrue. I love a good payment plan okay. and I love a good ladder of services with a graduating price point and all of the other tricks that you can do that are really just designed to help make you accessible. However, the main crime that I see and when you boil all of this down, it comes down to the fact that we are selling from our own wallets. And our own wallets are wow. not a good indicator of what someone else is willing to pay. Wow, that I've never heard that before. Put it in your next book. Quote me. <laughs> you put it in your next book. <laughs> All right, I will. And I'll talk about and I'll quote you. But Thank no, you. but we do, right? Thank Think of you. it this way. Um, yeah. So I am a sales trainer. 
And right now, I am relying on funnels that I have established and perfected over the last several years. So at this point, although I'm sure that there are blind spots in my business, hiring a sales trainer is not one of my main priorities. So if you asked me right now, if I would pay my own rates for my own training right now, my answer would be no, because I don't have that need. Hmm. But if you ask me the next time I launch something new and I'm really concerned about the holes in my business that I don't see, if I would pay my own rates for a sales trainer, the answer would be absolutely yes. Because in that aspect, I have a need, right? But when we go to people yeah. and we say things like, well, I know it's more expensive than what you were probably thinking. Before you even say the price... You're yeah. insulting your own price. And so what we want is in right. order to avoid a pricing objection, we put down our own pricing because we're assuming that yeah. there's going to be a pricing objection there when there very well may not be. Because right now, in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of everything going on, in the middle of freaking winter, there are people right now at whatever minute you are listening to this, I guarantee you that someone is walking in to a store and spending more money than your highest ticket offering on a purse that they will use one time and they feel great about that transaction. And if they feel great about it, I'm not judging it, right? If they were sold too well and they're happy- right? They want that purse to go on their shelf. I'm not judging it. But how dare you judge your own price points before you even say it? And that also goes for the tip that I see all the time where people are like, isn't this so cheap? Weren't you expecting me to say so much more? And I'm like, you don't know that it's cheap. Like, you don't know that it's cheap for them either. Don't put right. your budget in your client's mouth. It doesn't belong there. Yeah, that's great. That is great. I, I wanna pull on this a little bit as far as service providers um, pricing effectively. Mm -hmm. So, you know, really owning the value of what they do as, I was talking to somebody earlier today about it's not about the amount of time you spend. It's about your expertise. It's about the value that you're bringing. And so, you know, what advice would you give to someone who was trying to identify what their package price should be or, you know, what their price point should be? The Internet is literally covered in pricing data. Because if you talk to someone, if you get their marketing spiel, they could tell you they're making every single... Okay, hold on. How many of us have seen a Facebook ad this very week where a coach says, I made $755 gajillion last Tuesday in one hour, right? We've all seen that. We've all seen that and all of us are like mm, that smells like a bunch of bs or we're like oh easy button yay depending on the day right like they all get us sometimes but i can't base what i think i should price my 
competitive product or service for based on what my competitor claims to be earning in a Facebook ad. That's not going to work, mm. right? But what I can do yeah. is I can go to their networks. I can see who in their client networks I know. If I have a good relationship with them, I can reach out and say, hey, do you mind if I ask what you paid for something? If you could say specifically it was this or that. Now that I would only recommend doing if you have a relationship with that person, like they're also your prospect or your friend or something social. But the other thing is, who are your competitors? Go get in their pipelines. You're not spying on them. Use your real name. Don't be shady. We all check up on each other. You may as well be honest about it. But go see what they're charging and then see if the people in their world are happy with what they paid. When you get a good cross-section of that with two, three, four, five, six competitors, you're gonna start seeing the patterns. And then you ask, is mm. that price point, that's the median of what I'm finding, is that an appropriate amount to ask of my clients where they are on their learning curve? Ah. Because if your Boy, competitor yeah. that you look at is dealing with people that are more advanced than your people, then their price point's probably going to be higher than yours. Yeah, right. Or if what right. they're offering is a year-long mastermind, that's going to have very, very different pricing than a month-to-month call-based membership, right? So make sure you're comparing yeah. apples to apples here, but all of your competitors' pipelines are on the same internet that yours are. Yeah. Go do your yeah, homework, Nancy Drew. That is great. Yeah. <laughs> I love Nancy Drew. I do too. Okay. <laughs> I told you, we're sisters. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break. <laughs> I know, I'm telling you. I I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then we're going to continue. Uh, so this podcast is thrilled to be sponsored by Audible.com. And I am certain, quite certain, uh, that you know that audible.com has thousands of audiobook titles that you can choose from, but you might not know about all the other content like audible originals and podcasts and guided meditations and news and, you know, in all different genres and all different interest groups. So head on over to audibletrial.com slash business growth, sign up for the trial. It's a free trial, sign up for it. And then go exploring, check out the content. One of the things I think uh, you might notice is that you can get all of this different audio content all in the same place. Like that's one of the things I love about it because I don't have to switch platforms to do a guided meditation and then go listen to a book. So take a look. I think you're going to love it. Uh, and uh, probably find more things than even I am aware of. Today, we are speaking with Annie Ruggles about how to sell without being sleazy. So, Annie, I'm, I'm loving this. I, I just, seriously, I think this is so great. And that was great input on, you know, how to figure out what your pricing should be. Uh, I want to shift a little bit to this whole concept of no like, and trust. Mm -hmm. We hear it. Um, hopefully people believe it and grasp it. Um, 
But I am curious from your perspective, what is the most important piece of that? Know, like, trust, be asked to spend money. There has to be a transactional ending. Otherwise, the romance just goes on and on and on and on and on and on forever until your prospect gets bored and will leave you for someone more forward. Interesting. Right. So they're going to marry someone They're going to marry someone else. They're going to get tired of waiting. Yeah. They're going to be, and yeah, they, you know what, they'll probably be really sad about it too. Because then when you get actively selling, and this certainly happened with me, people are like, wait, I could have hired you? Aw. Yeah. Well, and I think, what do you mean you could have hired me? Aw. I was putting, I was putting marketing out every single day. <laughs> what do you mean that you could have hired me? Of course you could have hired me. Why do you think I kept talking about that program all the time? Well, did I actually ask you to buy it? No. I told you where wow. the sales page was. Did I actually ask you to go there? Did I give you a place where you could see everything laid bare? All about what I provide, why I provide it, how it's delivered, what quality standards I have, what guarantees I offer, what pricing I offer, how I take payment. Have I have I said any of that to you? Because if not then I'm dating you forever and you're getting sick of it. Yeah. Because that's what no like trust is. No like trust is relationship marketing dating. Right. Right? It's your meet cute, you meet them, they meet you. Okay, you're aware of each other. They get to know you through that. And they're like, wow, this person's really smart and savvy and generous and cool and fun and whatever you are, right? And then they're like, wow, this person, I'm getting a good impression for them. They're not employing a bunch of sleazy tactics. They're not twisting arms. They're not putting me down. They're not being rude and horrible about my pain points, but they're also addressing them. I really feel like I could trust this person. I really feel like I could open up and partner with this person. Okay, I guess I'll just sit here and continue to absorb their free content until one of us dies. (laughs) No! No! And honestly, as much as I will joke and scream about it, That final missing piece has killed more small businesses than I can count because we're told, well, if they know me and they like me and they trust me, my business will be successful. Yes, you will have a liked and known brand if you work hard to be visible. If you work hard to provide content, if you work hard to provide value on various platforms, awesome, amazing. But at the end of the day, you have to put yourself out there with a willingness to receive and a system to back that up or your business will fail. Yeah, it, it, it's so, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of assuming going on. That, that a lot of small business owners are not realizing that they're leaving all the activity in the hands of the prospect mm-hmm. instead of guiding that 
process and mm-hmm. guiding that conversation. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we've all we've all experienced this in, you know, a sales floor situation where you'll go into, I don't know, any of the places where, you know, people have different styles toward I'm going to be the first person to say good morning when they walk in versus I'm going to hang back and and wait to see if I'm asked, right? Like all my friends uh-huh. in retail will tell you that different clients require, you know, different brick and mortar sales approaches. And that's totally fine and true. But we've all been the buyer in a room full of wait and see salesmen. Yeah. And the second one approaches you, you're like, fine, I guess I'm going with you because I'm tired of standing here being ignored. Even though every single one of these people had told me, hey, Welcome to Best Buy. Okay. Thanks for welcoming me. Will one of you please show me where the speakers are yeah. and, and help me decide which one to buy? If not, I'm just going to stand here until ultimately I either go up to someone with a bad brand feeling in my mouth and beg them to help me, or I'm going to go, you know what, I'll go home and I'll order it off Amazon. At least I can read customer reviews. Don't do that with your online business or your brick and mortar. Be proactive in the sale. You don't have to ride them. You don't have to annoy them. You don't have to arm twist them. You do have to say, if you have a problem, I will solve it. This is where you go to enlist my help. That's it. Just tell them that. Just make that one final commitment to cross that finish line. If you don't, you're leaving your client in the lurch. Yeah, and and oh my gosh, I, I'm so glad that you you just said that because I think people don't realize that the that I mean I know from personal experience like the impression you get is well okay then I guess you don't want my business well I okay I guess you're not interested in helping me solve a problem so okay yeah. I can take a hint yeah right. Or even people that don't take it as a bad thing will then uh, start to test your boundaries. And this happens a lot with my coaches, healers, and empaths who I call my ask, avoidant, do-gooders, right? Where people will say, well, so-and-so has given so much to me and has never asked a single penny of me. Amazing. I'm just going to keep picking their brain forever. Yeah. This is the best. Why would I pay if I don't have to? And they're not thinking it in a mean way. They're yeah. not thinking that they're hurting your business by put by consuming the content that you're freely giving. They're thinking that they're helping you by commenting on it or sharing it with their friends or every now and then they might send you a referral kind of, but say like, I think she's selling something. I'm not really sure. But anyway, you should follow her on Instagram. That's the referral. No, no. Right, that's not a referral, right. Not a referral. Yeah, and really, you know, the impression that the business owner is giving is, is this is what I do, I give it away, right? You don't have to buy it from me. Right. Yeah. And generosity within boundaries is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Generosity within boundaries is truly a virtue. But generosity with no boundaries as a small business owner, I call that martyrdom by marketing. Yeah, right. 
Right. And then you really, when you think you're serving, you're really not. No. Yeah. And you're leaving the prospect out with their handout while you know that there are people in your industry, regardless of your industry or what you offer, you know, you know that some people in your competitor set do not care about that client, will not treat that client the way that you would treat that client, is not as invested in their success as you would be, is not as honest, open, approachable as you would be within boundary, right? You know that you, if you're listening to me blather at you at all, it's because you believe that you are a good person and you're trying to be a good person in business. You know that your ethics, values, morals, style, and level for caring is greater than other people in your market. Why would you throw your prospects to the wolves instead of just asking them to choose you in a more formal way? Ah, good. That's a great way of looking at it. Huh. Okay. So what do you say to someone who says to you, okay, but selling is manipulative. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It totally 100% is. Because if you look up the definition of a manipulation, it means to lead someone to feel or act in a specific way. Diane, what is one of your favorite movies? Oh, uh, Steel Magnolias. Steel Magnolias. Oh, drink your juice, Shelby. Okay. So when you're watching Steel Magnolias and Weezer is making you laugh and Sally Field is making you cry. Yeah. Are those actresses, those brilliant Shirley MacLaine and Sally Field actresses, are they not manipulating the daylights out of you in that moment? I guess so point of the movie at that moment to make you feel something yes therefore that movie is manipulating you a hundred percent just totally true but here's where we get stuck sleazy selling manipulates the buyer or prospect to buy whatever the seller wants, regardless of what the buyer needs. That is not only a manipulation, that's the budding you know, joy of a con or selling under duress, okay? Yeah. But if I need, in order for you to make a decision for your best interest based on a problem that you want to solve or a need that you have, whether your need is I want a new pink blouse or I need to leave my husband, whatever that need is, whatever, whatever that need is. Oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought on that. (laughs) Pink shirt, selling husbands, selling husbands. What am I even talking about? No, 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 no. But if if I'm helping them get over the hurdle of resistance, if I'm helping them get started, if I'm helping them cross the starting line, then am I manipulating them? Yes, I am. But am I manipulating them against their own will because it is giving me a thrill? No, absolutely not. But if you're selling someone something and you're helping them see the truth of the situation the truth of themselves in the situation then you're not doing any more manipulating than sally field is 
And actually, you're doing even less because Sally Field is playing a character and you're telling the truth. Right. Okay, so so really, uh, the feeling that I have is that there's a negative connotation around the wor word manipulating. And so there's negative, bad manipulation and there's positive, good manipulation. And you just have to be in the right headspace, right? You have to not be trying to get one over on someone, get them make to buy your, something they don't need or want. Make yourself a solemn vow in whatever way that means to you, but make yourself a solemn vow that you will never sell someone something that they do not want or need. And if you make that solemn yeah. vow, and if you take it seriously, and if every time you walk into a selling situation, whether that's a networking event, a sales call, a speaking gig, a podcast interview, whatever it is, if you say, I am here to provide value and receive compensation if it is a good fit, then you're not going to hurt anybody. Right. Right. Right, because your mindset's the gonna be pain in the right place. is inflicted when you sell someone something that is not right for them. Yeah. Make yourself the one promise that you won't do that, and you will have a blameless selling style. You will be above right. reproach, and you will also set yourself up for better customer service issues because you're not going to have a whole lot of buyer's remorse. You're going to have some. There are always people that are going to have a little freak out or sticker shock or, you know, an expense comes up and they can't afford something anymore. Life happens, right? But you're going to have yeah. so many fewer customer service disasters when you're only selling to people that are that right mutual fit when you're only selling in a way that's a true win-win. And most people wouldn't dream of doing anything else anyway. So the majority of people yeah. that are promising themselves that they will only ever sell what someone wants or needs, they're probably already only selling whatever they want or needs, but they're giving themselves the permission slip to go ahead and sell. Right, right. Right. That, that's exactly, exactly it. it and, and I think that, that when they make that promise to themselves and they realize that that probably is what they're already doing, that's empowering, right? Because it's liberating. That's what I always say to people. Listen, what I'm about to tell you is liberating. You're going to love this because I'm going to tell you not to do all the stuff that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? Because that's the sleazy part. We're not going to do. Absolutely. The arm twist is the sleaze. Yeah. Yeah. We think right. it's we think it's the pain. Talking about the pain, it's not. The pain is a necessary part uh -huh. of it. We buy things to solve problems. It's how we treat people in relation to their own pain mm -hmm. in the form of the arm twist that makes it sleazy. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah. And, and of course, you know, you're preaching to the choir with me because I totally am on board with this. Because well, makes... you literally wrote the book on this? Yeah. <laughs> you're right. I did. <laughs> because this is, you know, I was in sales. I, I, I mean, sales sales, right? I was someone who 
had to, and, and I fought it to the nail at the beginning. I didn't want to be a salesperson. And then I realized, okay, wait a minute. I don't have to be like that. I can be over here problem solving with people. I can be honest with them. I, I can, you know, say at the outset that I'm not going to try and sell you anything. Let's have a conversation. And Let's and have a conversation. Like right. My version of that, I tell clients at the beginning of my calls, this will become a sales conversation if and when we mutually decide that it should. Nice. Right. right. If and when we mutually down. decide that it Yes. Should. I love that. Yep. It's so yep, liberating right. for the listener. I have been told by more than yeah. one client that they hired me in that moment. That is the first thing I say after I say hi. Because what they're expecting is for me yeah. to come in and cram my spiel down their throats and then yep. force a decision out of them. What I say instead is, listen, yep. I want to get to know you. I want you to get to know me. I got questions about you. You got questions about me. We're going to answer them. And then this will become a sales conversation when or if we mutually agree that it should. Then people go, okay, sign yeah. me up right now. Because if you're going to teach me how to sell like that, that's what I need to know. <laughs> but to me, I was like, damn, I was just being honest. Yeah. <laughs> should be writing that down or listening to this over and over again because that is gold it's so great it's just it it's so liberating for everybody and any you know people are listening to this going well i could do that i could say that well, yes, yes you could right. do that of course you came from a background in selling i came from a background in service i did not uh, 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 want to sell at all and my only my only history with what i thought of as selling at that point was selling other people's stuff when i had to like my college jobs when i sold uh happy hour parties in a bar basement filled with roaches like that's what i would associate with selling is like hi would you like a free party and having to make that call like 600 times a day like i that is what i thought selling was because that was me right. cramming a spiel down people's throats. And so one of the first yep. things I thought was, what if I never put myself in charge? What if I always make sure that the buyer knows that they are driving and I am just navigating? What if I could build them up mm -hmm. into a position of power at the very beginning of the call? What would happen then? And what happens then is people are real with me about their actual objections so that yeah. I can help them handle them. They don't yeah. ghost me because they ask me questions or are legitimate about their needs for following up at a later point on the call because they trust me. I get less right. resistance. I can handle the resistance that I do get better. I can focus on answering questions about what makes me different or what makes my programming effective because I'm not sitting there baby bird barfing up food into my clients ew yeah you're not trying to convince them of something no i'm trying to listen yeah i'm trying to see yeah. if i am the right provider for this person right 
if I jam a spell well, down your throat, if I'm just going to sit here and yeah. blab the whole time, how am I possibly going to yeah. determine whether or not we're a fit when I literally know nothing about you? Exactly. Exactly. But that, that is a big part of the misconception of, of what selling is supposed to be. Because so, you know, somewhere along the line, people were taught that the minute they're with the prospect, they're just supposed to start talking and not stop. And if they're eloquent enough, then the other person's going to realize that they just can't live without whatever it is. And the truth is the people, the prospect's not listening because it it's not tethered to anything that's going on with them. No. So they they have no interest. Yeah. No. Why would they? Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Oh my gosh, Annie. I, I obviously I still love this conversation, and I, I think what you're doing is brilliant. Will you share with the listeners, you know, how they can find you, the stuff you've got going on, please? Heck yes. So you can find all kinds of gooey goodness on my website which is AnniePRuggles.com. And that includes my masterclass, Making Selling Easy Without Getting Sleazy, which is free, a quiz called Empath is Your Special Gift Killing Your Business. Spoiler alert, it's not. Uh, all the podcasts I'm on, my own podcast, Too Legitimate to Quit, Instantly Actionable Small Business Strategies with a Pop Culture Spin. All of that is at AnniePRuggles.com. But listen, what I want listeners to do more than anything is next time you're going into a selling situation, if you're uncomfortable, I want you to do two things. Number one, pat yourself on the back because it means you care about the prospect. And then number two, what I want you to do is I want you to send me a DM on either LinkedIn or Instagram. LinkedIn, I'm under my name. Just search for me. You will find me. Shoot me a DM. I will not tell the LinkedIn gods that I don't know you or whatever the thread is on that. And on Instagram, I'm at Anniepreneur, which is A-N-N-I-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R. Do not go into another sales conversation without a little bonus or boost if you need one. The easiest way to get one is just message me. If I miss it, I'll get back to you as soon as I can, but I'd be glad to help you in the moment when you need it the most. Wow, that is so great. Thank you for that. That, that is really, and folks, you, you gotta, you know, you should be connected to Annie taking her courses, taking her programs, whatever it is, you will feel so liberated and you, you'll do more business because you'll be asking for it. It's so, a game changer. Right. It's a game changer. Learning to ask and learning to love it. It's liberating for you. It's refreshing for the client. That's why I call it win-win <laughs> selling because then you can yeah. both walk away. You can say, Heck yeah, I made a non-sleazy sale today. And the client can say, finally, finally, I'm getting what I want. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Oh, it has been a blast. My sister from another mister, my book crush. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. And listeners, thank you. You are who we are doing this for. And boy, did you get a great episode today. You'll have to listen to it a couple of times because there was some really incredible information in this one. I'd also like to thank our sponsor, audible.com. 
do yourself another favor. Head on over to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Sign up for the free trial and go exploring. It'll be fun. It'll be educational. You'll find a whole lot of stuff that you didn't even know was available. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. ¿Por qué esta Coca-Cola de McDonald's sabe tan bien? ¿Será la máquina? ¿Será el popote o el hielo? O quizás soy yo. No sé, Diego, pero vámonos, ¿no? El ¿Por qué esto sabe tan bien, Deal? Un refresco de cualquier tamaño por un dólar. Solo en el $1, 2, 3 dollar menu de McDonald's. Precios y participación pueden variar. No se puede combinar con cualquier otro oferta. Cambo mío. Coca-Cola es una marca registrada de The Coca-Cola Company. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <coughs> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate.